0: Welcome back to the Coffee and Bible Time podcast. For those that may be listening for the first time, our podcast is an offshoot from our main platform, YouTube. Our channel is called Coffee and Bible Time, where our goal is to help people delight in God's Word. We also have a website and storefront with Bible studies, prayer journals, and more. I'm Mentor Mama, and today we are going to be talking about sexual purity. Now, this is not going to be a lecture about honoring God's design for sex before marriage, but rather a frank, open discussion of how God can transform lives that are deeply rooted in the pleasures of the world to actually a state of realizing that sexual purity is beautiful to the one who treasures God above all. And I believe this type of zeal for God can be seen in the scriptures from the perspective of the psalmist in Psalm 119, starting at verse 33, who said, "'Teach me, O Lord, the way of your statutes, and I will keep it to the end. Give me understanding that I may keep your law and observe it with my whole heart.'" I long for your precepts. In your righteousness, give me life. I love that passage and it's, it's an inspiration for, for me to truly lean in on God's word. And also, I read an interesting article by a woman named Adrian Siegel, which I will actually include in the links, um, that she so beautifully details eight lessons about what she wishes she had known about purity 40 years earlier. And yes, I said 40. One of the fascinating things that she points out is that sexual purity protects a glorious mystery. And God created Adam and Eve in his own image, as we know from Genesis 127, and Eve from Adam, because God knew it was not good for the man to be alone. God wanted his created likenesses to have the joys of relationship. He made the man and the woman as gifts to each other, and he created their bodies to join in sex, certainly for pleasure, no doubt for procreation, but also in a mysterious way that the two become one flesh. And that's Genesis 2, 24. For the sake of this beautiful mystery, God has given sexual interaction remarkable power to etch memories and images into our brains that will impact, either for good or for evil, future emotional and sexual health. And men and women bring not only physical connection, but also spiritual intimacy that bind them deeply to each other. And when rightly experienced in committed marriage to God. So, Jesus said that in Mark 10 9, what God has joined together, let man not separate. And violating this connection is really has consequences that reach the deepest part of the human soul. And so, so many of us have grown up, um, maybe in the church, going to church, knowing about Christ, maybe knowing. About kind of, they someone might think of it as a church rule that there's no sex before marriage. But what I really want you to learn from this podcast and from our guest today is that when we fully give our hearts to Jesus and we actually know him, not just know about him, he lifts the scales from our eyes to see the world differently to want to honor and glorify God with our whole hearts and embrace his ways for how he has beautifully designed intimacy. Well, our guest today, Erin Q, is going to share her personal story of how she was searching for love in all the wrong places until she discovered a love she never knew existed. A love that has the ability to transform it all. But first, a word from our sponsor. We still have our coupon code available for you guys if you wanted to do online counseling um, with Christian counselors. It's all online. It's via Zoom. You can pick who you want your counselor to be. Very reputable. They all have counseling degrees. So this isn't like some random on the internet. My mom kind of has a personal testimony to it. Yes. So I actually have done some counseling sessions with Faithful Counseling. And what I really loved about it was that you can actually put in like different qualities that you're looking for in a counselor and specialties, male, female, if they have experience tackling different issues. And so I really loved that idea that I could Go through and kind of pick the one I wanted. And then um, during this COVID season, it was really applicable anyway, since I couldn't leave my house for counseling, that I actually could just do it online. And you even have the opportunity to do a Zoom type call with them, or you can just do um, a phone call, whatever works best for you and so it was just really great to have access to counseling when you when you need it. You know, mm-hmm. absolutely. So, if you guys want ten percent off your first month of doing this, you can go to getfaithful dot slash coffee and Bible time, and you get ten percent off your first month. And of course, it is cheaper than traditional in person counseling anyway. So, overall, it's just a good deal. We really recommend it. But let's just get on to the pocket. Oh. What? One, other, one other thing, too, is that you have the option of, with your counselor, that they are Christian counselors, and so if you want, they will actually pray for you, which I thought was so cool. At the end of each of my counseling, she prayed for me and my issues. Oh, wow. Thanks for that. Please welcome our guest today, Erin Q., She is a blogger and author of the book titled One Transforming Love. Welcome, Erin.
1: Welcome. Welcome, Coffee and Bible Time. So excited to be on today and to share my testimony in this area.
0: I'm so thrilled that you uh, reached out to us and, and were persistent, and I know, knew that God was at work um, on this podcast. Why don't you start out by telling us a little bit about yourself and how you came to writing your book and your blog?
1: Yeah. So my name is Erin Q, and I live near the beach in San Diego, and I spent most of my 20s without knowing God. And it was like, uh, my late 20s, I moved to the beach to find myself and my purpose. And I really found found Jesus. And it was like, discovering this whole other world, I didn't know existed. And I'm going to talk about how I grew up in the party culture of having sex before marriage, going out drinking, that's all I ever, ever knew. And it really was like Jesus removed the scales from my eyes and he showed me who he was. And I gave my life to him about three and a half years ago. And he has completely transformed my life. And I was like, I know there's so many other women that are out there that don't know who Jesus is. And so that's why God put it on my heart to share my testimony in a book to start a blog for Christian women, and especially talk about sexual purity dating, it's hard out there in this world. And so seeing how he completely changed and gave me the strength to do it his way. That's, that's my passion to, to talk about and help other women discover who he is.
0: Thank you so much for being obedient to his calling. Let's start out by, so you mentioned on your blog that you almost didn't choose to follow Jesus because you didn't think it was possible to stop having sex before marriage. Can you tell us more about your testimony and how God showed you why waiting to have sex until marriage was important?
1: Yeah, so... I did grow up going to a church, but I never had that personal relationship with God or Jesus. Like I knew all the Christmas stories, but I had never had that personal relationship. So I always heard that you're supposed to obey the Bible, but I was just like, oh, nobody does that. Nobody talks about the Bible. So I just grew up even starting in high school in that culture that none of my friends talked about God, none of them talked about church, and they were talking about going to parties and starting to hook up with boys. And so I just did whatever everyone else did around me. And that continued through through college. Um, It only got even worse. Um, Some colleges, that's a very big thing. And then even as an adult in the uh, corporate working world, it was just The party culture was rampant and I never questioned it until I, again, I was in my upper twenties and I knew something was missing. I knew something wasn't right. And now I know that that was because I didn't have God in my life because we were created, like our hearts have this like hole that only God can fill. And so I went on this quest of searching, like I had a great job. Now I was living at the beach in San Diego. Like I should have felt more happier, but I couldn't deny that something was still missing. So I started going to church. I started learning about God more. I started praying to God, but it didn't change until I started reading the Bible. And it's so different when you hear about God compared to when you experience him for yourself. And I have chills just talking about it. Cause like, I remember I was doing a Bible study where I was opening the Bible for like the first time as an adult. And it was like, God was showing me who he was and he was showing me a glimpse of his heart. And it, it was just like, I finally understood who he was. I understood who I was as a daughter of God. I was made for a relationship with him. And so it just it completely showed me that God was so much more than I thought he was. But so I started studying the Bible, you know, the, the manual to life. And I understood that to be in a relationship with God, we're meant to obey the Bible out of love, that it wasn't just a a burden that if we love God, we have to trust that the Bible, is like, meant for our protection, like he knows what's best for us. So I was like, "Oh, I can do this life with God. And then I started wondering, what does the Bible say about sex? Like, I need to know, like, was my mom always right? Like, she'd always told me, like, you don't need to have sex, like, before marriage, but I was like, is that really a thing? And so I started opening the Bible. I started Googling because I didn't know what all these words meant in the Bible, like adultery and sexual immorality. And it led me down this quest of what does God really say about sex? And that's why I love Christian blogs. I didn't know YouTube channels like Coffee and Bible Time existed a few years ago. So I I love this channel. But God made it clear when I read the scriptures, he showed me that he created sex between to be enjoyed between a husband and wife in marriage. And we see that in Genesis, we see that in Ephesians, where Mentor Mama talked about the two become one. And I also learned that the Bible warns us against sexual immorality and fornication, and then there was the one verse that I was like, there was always a question like, but did God really say that sex before marriage is a sin? And I learned that, you know, if you're trying to justify it, the enemy can creep in and try and trick you. But the one verse that really wasn't like God was showing me was from 1 Corinthians 6 verses 15 through 16 it says, don't you realize that your bodies are actually parts of Christ? Should a man take his body, which is part of Christ and join it to a prostitute? Never. And don't you realize that if a man joins himself to a prostitute, he becomes one body with her? For the scriptures say the two are united into one. And again, that's first Corinthians chapter six, verse 15 and 16. And so we see that God created sex to be in the context of marriage, but I love that verse because it explicitly addresses whether a man is supposed to have sex with someone he's not married to. And it even puts the emphasis like they are they are made into one. Like God created sex to bond two people for life. And so I finally understood that you no know, sex. Like, everything the culture says is wrong, that God didn't intend for sex to be enjoyed outside of marriage.
0: Learn what theology is and how to study God within the Bible in course number seven of our In-Depth Bible Study Academy. Head to our website, coffeeandbibletime.com, to learn more about the Academy and course number seven today. Use promo code CBT Podcast, that's CBT Podcast, to get 50% off this course right now at coffeeandbibletime.com. That was a, a fabulous. Um introduction and really just helping people understand um and appreciate that the scriptures are clear why is it important would you say to obey god in this area and what have you learned about that yeah
1: and so when i found this out i was like oh goodness the bible really does say it's a sin but i had been having you know sex um, for most of my adult life, I think ever since I was 18. And I was like, how do I just stop having sex? Like, is that even possible? And I was like, what would my friends think of me? Most of my friends didn't go to church at the time. And so there was a period where I was like, oh, maybe it's okay if I don't follow this area. Like I can give God like 90% of my life, but maybe it's okay. Like I'm I'm making a lot of progress. Like God knows it's hard to stop. Like he knows. And so I was deceived and God made it so clear that that was a false way of believing. And he spoke to me through the scriptures and a sermon, but it was a sermon that talked about God wants our whole life and he wants a A hundred percent relationship with us, and that even if we're faithful to God like 95% of the time, that five percent is still keeping us from God and the plans he has for us. And the pastor was even like that five percent that you're refusing to give up to God, you're essentially telling the devil that he can control that area of your life. And I was like, I was shocked because. I wasn't used to people talking about the devil or darkness, but I had never realized that by choosing to disobey God, I was actually obeying the devil. And I don't know about you, but I was like, I don't want the devil any part of my life. Like, I don't want to give him an opening. And again, I turned to the scripture after that sermon, and I realized that we actually see that in the Bible where when we choose to disobey God, we're actually obeying the devil. And that's in Ephesians 2, two. It talks about how the devil is a spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. And it talks about how the devil is the ruler of the world. And so I was like freaked out. And so, and at the time we, we talk about, we should be motivated to read the Bible and obey the Bible out of love. But to be honest, like I was a new, this whole God thing was new. I didn't feel that love so strongly at first. Like I was still getting to know him. So I knew I was supposed to out of love, but I didn't feel that love as strong at that point in my life. But understanding that you know, there's consequences. And that's another part that I was starting to experience my life, I started to face the consequences. And we also see that, you know, in the Bible, if you read the I love the Old Testament. And if you read Deuteronomy, it's like God's making it very clear. If you obey my words, like you will prosper, you will succeed, I will look out for you. And he, God also warns us, but if you disobey me, if you choose to follow other gods, like there will be consequences, you will perish. And I think the world doesn't talk enough about the consequences, um, which is why I share my testimony, but just the heartbreak from, you know, broken relationships from, from sexual encounters where. I thought I would feel good in the moment, but it just left me so broken, so used. Um, I had ungodly soul ties um, because God intended for people to become one. So there's a bond there with everybody you sleep with. And that wasn't God's design outside of marriage. So you're left feeling all of this pain, this attachment to multiple people, Um you know, sexually transmitted diseases, like, so I was facing the hurt and devastation from having sex before marriage. So God was making it very clear. There are consequences, it is a big deal. And you can't just ignore
0: this command in the Bible. Absolutely. I think of it too, as like, God is, it sounds you know, it is a, a rule or a commandment that you must follow, but he's actually helping us by doing that. He is guiding us along a path that will lead us to uh, not heartache <laughs> and, yeah, and um, consequences with our bodies and things. Well, if someone has already had sex before marriage or is struggling with sexual sin now um what do you think along the lines of does it matter if they decide to surrender this to god like they might be just at a point where they're like i just don't even know is it too late
1: right and that's kind of how i was um but i will tell anyone listening to this that is on the fence or worried that it's too late it is never too late to turn to jesus and it is never too late to confess that you've sinned and that you need his help to change um god is a god of redemption and you know even the bible even says like even on our deathbed we can repent and turn to jesus like so it is never too late and it doesn't matter how how much you've done in the past especially with sexual sin it doesn't matter how You think you sin. No sin is too big for God to redeem. And the scripture that always gave me so much hope was from Psalm 103 verses three and four. It says he forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. He redeems me from death and crowns me with love and tender mercies. So he forgives all our sins and heals all our diseases. So. If you're wondering that, just remember that verse and hold on to it.
0: Most definitely. And there are so many um, there are stories in the Bible about women who have been prostitutes that God redeemed and it gives us it does give us understanding and hope and recognition that de- uh, God does forgive and Romans 8 1 says there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus so not only does he forgive that but he tells you that you don't have to carry this around in shame um, and feeling, condem- feeling condemnation Well, let's talk about sort of the process. So if you've already had sex before marriage, and you want to obey God in this area, what are the first steps to surrendering this to God?
1: Yeah, so number one, if you haven't chosen Jesus as your Savior, that like that is a must um, to recognize that you need him to to get through this. Um, But the first step is just coming to God in prayer and just confessing your sin and that you need him. And, you know, I remember crying out to him, like, God, I have sinned. Like, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, I need you. Like, God, help me change. Um, asking for forgiveness. And then a huge part of forgiveness is also forgiving yourself. And that took a journey for me to forgive myself for what I had done. And I love mentor mama, you said that there is no condemnation in Jesus Christ. So when we're feeling guilty, or think we don't deserve certain things, that means like, we're trying to like, punish ourselves, but no, like, if God forgives us, we have to forgive us. Um. So the first step is going to God, but the Bible also talks about repentance. And at the time, that was another big, like, Christian word. I didn't know what does repentance really look like. But the Bible is clear. Repent or you will perish. And once I surrendered my sex life to God, once I was like, okay, God, I'm giving this to you. I want to stop. I actually stumbled in, for, like, six months, Um there was a guy I had been involved with, and then there was also, I was stumbling with masturbation. I was just like, God, how do I stop? Like I want to stop, but it was hard. And God showed me that one of the reasons that I kept stumbling for so long was because I never truly repented and repentance. You need to want to change in your heart. It's a heart change, not just like, oh, I'm going to do this. You need to want it in your heart. But repentance to me was also in action. And repentance means turning the other way from your sin. Mm -hmm. And so when it came to my sexual lifestyle, I was stumbling because I kept putting myself in those situations that had caused me to stumble. I kept putting on the same outfit, I kept going to the same bars, having alcohol, and then I kept hanging out with a guy that I was stumbling. And so the a, a big part of repentance, and if you want to change is you need to turn the other direction, you to you need to remove yourself from those peoples, those activities that have caused you to sin. And it takes strength, like Even if it means you have to stop hanging out with friends or even breaking up with a boyfriend, like if you want to honor God, like he's going to redeem anything that you give up. But you need to let go of those things that are holding you back. And uh, he spoke to me so clearly. Like I remember crying as I read this verse in Hebrews 12, verse one and two. It says, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Mm -hmm. So we have to consciously and in our life, throw it off to avoid stumbling.
0: Most definitely. Tell us what um, accountability looked like to you. Like when you were at that stage, did you um, look to accountability from other godly women?
1: Yeah. Um, so I was in a new city and I had just started going to a new church. Um, God brought me to a new church one day and I finally found a group of women that I was like, this feels like home. Mm -hmm. Um, but I was not used to churches like this. Um, you know, I was like, I'm still going through stuff. Like, I don't want them to judge me, but it was at like a woman's, a small group where they just had such an atmosphere of love, you know, similar to Coffee and Coffee and Bible time, where they always said, We love, we don't judge. And other women went first. They shared like something they were struggling with, or something they overcame. And so I felt comfortable sharing that I was struggling to stop having sex or I remember one Saturday, I skipped the women's group because I had just had sex the night before. So I had so much shame. But you know, my leader reached out. And, you know, it's just that atmosphere of love that made me comfortable being like, I'm struggling this, I need help, I want to change. Will you pray for me? And, you know, encourage me, you know, speak the truth. Don't just tell me, oh, it's okay. Like, so definitely accountability from other women that also knew God's truth. Um, that was huge.
0: When you did feel tempted at that time, um, what are some other things that you used to sort of stand strong against temptation? Yeah, and it,
1: it was hard. And if any of you are, are struggling with temptation right now, you know that it is hard to say no when your flesh, like your body is so used to it. Um, but the the number one thing is, is so important is declaring and speaking God's word. You know, the Bible, it says the Bible, the God's word is a sword of the spirit. And when we speak God's word, there is power in that. Mm-hmm. So when I was tempted, I would when I first started memorizing scripture, that's why it's so important to memorize them. Because if you're tempted, like, out and about with your friends, you may not have your Bible in front of you. So you need to know those scriptures. So Mm -hmm. I would write them on index cards. And I would say, you know, Lord, create in me a pure heart and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Or I would say, resist the devil, and he must flee. Or I would say, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Like, So have those, you know, two or three scriptures that you can declare when you feel tempted, like that should be your number one defense. And the more you spend yourself with God, reading his word, you're feeding your spirit. And that's the other thing to realize that overcoming sin, like sexual sin, it cannot be done in our own strength. That's why we have to rely on Jesus. And he promises to give us strength through our spirit. So the more time you spend with God and with the Holy Spirit, like you're getting stronger every day. Our spirits are renewed every day. So no matter how long you've been struggling, keep declaring God's word and believing that he is giving you the strength to overcome.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, coupled with that, I would say prayer, pray, pray, pray. And that's a prayer that God wants to answer. Um, Yeah. Well, you talk about on your blog, how you and your husband were actually able to wait um, to have sex before marriage. Can you tell us sort of about that experience?
1: Yes. So I felt like Rahab, you know, Rahab in the Bible, she was a prostitute, but she put her faith in God and God restored her life. Like God brought her uh, a husband. She was the mother of Boaz, who is such a godly man. And so I experienced that in my own life. You know, I was like, how can God use me? I have a sexual past. I had a, a binge drinking problem. I was like, how can God use me for good? Like, I felt so tainted in a way, but God finally gave me the strength to overcome. Like, I was able to resist temptation, um, including masturbation, which I know is also hard for women to talk about. And so I was like, I'm committed to you, God, and purity. And he, I met my husband, now husband at our church. He was a man of God, he was also waiting fear purity. He also had a sexual past. He, he had recommitted that part of his life to God and we started dating and we knew we wanted to wait and we were able to wait to have sex until our wedding night. So like to see something that I didn't think was possible again, I almost didn't choose God because I thought it was impossible to stop having sex. And then to see him go full circle. And like, I was able to have that beautiful experience with my husband in the way God intended. Like, it was, it's just pu- proof of God's redemption. It was beautiful.
0: Yeah. Oh, thank you so much for your transparency and honesty. And I hope uh, everyone who's either watching or listening to this, that this just gives you courage too, if you're struggling in this area, that um, with God's power, um, anything is possible. Will you share your personal testimony of how you surrendered your life and sex to God in your book called One Transforming Love, which I can attest to? um, I love your writing style. And literally, it's like a page turner, like you just want to keep reading the next page. And I think so much a part of that is it's like it's real life. Um, and you really, the way you share your story is very special. So tell us more about your book and who would benefit from reading it.
1: Yeah. So after seeing how God completely changed my life and how he wrote my love story, Um God, he called me, I want you to write your testimony in a Christian fiction novel. And so it's actually like a fiction style, um, where there's characters, there's scenes, there's dialogue. But it's mostly based on my story of what I just shared, of how I started as a a woman of the world, you know, still in that, that party scene. And it, it shows how God awoken me and that journey of, you know, giving up sex for God, giving up everything. Um, And you really, you know, see the struggle, I talk about it, because again, I see, I see even Christian women continue to struggle with sexual sin. So God just put on my heart to be very honest about how hard it is. So my hope, you know, if any, any women are listening to this, and you're like, I am struggling with sexual sin, like, I need, I need to get real with how hard it is. You're going to love it. Um, I also talk about my experience dating non-believers and non-Christians. I talk about my struggle with, you know, finding my acceptance with the drinking culture. Um, a lot of times sexual sin and drinking go hand in hand. So I talk about how I was able to break free from the drinking culture, but yeah, if you're, if you want to hear what it's like to overcome those issues, or if you're, you're not convinced you're re- like you want to go all in for God, you're like, is it worth it? Like, why do I have to live 100% of my life for God? This will really, I pray that this speaks to you to show you that, you know, it is possible to, to have the life God intended.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. So where can people, Uh, find out more information about you and your book.
1: Yeah. So um, the Christian blog is at funandholy.com because we can be fun and holy as we pursue Christ. Um, But funandholy.com and you'll see the book one transforming love. Um, And I also have, I talk a lot about purity and Christian dating a big part of my love story was setting physical boundaries. So I talk about like which boundaries you should set in your relationship. Um, And I even have a resisting temptation devotional where it's all the Bible verses. Like I prayed and you can download it for free, but to really help in prayers too, if you're struggling in this area, like to have those scriptures. So funandholy.com.
0: Fantastic. Awesome. Well, before we go, I want to ask you about some of your favorite Bible study tools. So first of all, um, I know you held up your Bible, but tell us um, which one it is and what translation it is.
1: Yeah. So I love my Bible. Uh, Not only has like the pretty turquoise leather, but it is the study Bible for women. It's a Christian standard Bible. So CSB, Mm -hmm. um, and it, it talks about, it highlights women, which we love. And it talks about, like, every woman's role in the Bible, their character, and how God used women to advance the, the gospel. So I love this Bible.
0: Ah, <laughs> oh, fantastic. Okay. Do you have any favorite, like, journaling accessories or things that you use to enhance your Bible study experience?
1: Yeah, so... Um, i I like to go with the flow but my favorite Bible study um, I love the Bible studies by Priscilla Shire. her Bible study was the one that got God to open my eyes I talk about that in the book so discerning the voice of God that was my favorite bible study mm-hmm. but I just um I just love to journal and record how God is speaking to me um, I'm a writer so I can journal for. For hours. And then obviously, Bible highlighters to really uh, make things stand out. So these are a must. Awesome.
0: And lastly, what's your favorite app or website for Bible study tools?
1: So I've been devouring the Messenger International app. So it's by John and Lisa Bevere, it's called Messenger X. And they have just different topics and different sermons, but I like to um, study that and then go back in the scriptures myself. But a lot of their sermons and courses are free. And like there's even a course like on, you know, sexual purity. Um, but I love, I love their, their preaching. And so, yeah, the Messenger X app has been one of my favorites lately.
0: Oh, awesome. Thank you so much for sharing. And Erin, thank you so much for just being here today, um, willing to share your amazing story of God's redemption in your life. And for our listeners, I just want to remind you to just take heart of the words of the psalmist who said, Behold, I long for your precepts. In your righteousness, give me life. And that's just so clearly what we can see in Erin's life and just how she has life to the full with Jesus in her heart. So don't forget to head over to the Coffee and Bible Time website for our prayer journals that will help guide and document your prayer life at coffeeandbibletime.com. Thank you for joining us on our podcast today. We love you all. Have a blessed day.